0: How's it going everybody? Good morning on wh- good morning on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Kick and X. If that is where you can see us live and in the webcam, if you are listening on one of our podcast services, we appreciate that. We appreciate all the downloads that you guys have been doing and listening to us on our on our podcast services, but if you'd like to see us live, we are on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Kick and X. All right, we also have a text line at 833-262-6431. If you have any disagreements or you want to be a part of the conversation or want to give us something to talk about on the show, maybe something to bring up, maybe a concern, um, or just like a disagreement, like I said, once again, that number is 833-262-6431 if you have any disagreements. If you subscribe and comment on one of our videos, uh, it would be nice if you liked it as well. Mm-hmm. On our YouTube channel, um, we are doing an Apostles Attic t-shirt giveaway where we have Christ-centered clothing that we that we make and we are willing to give away to, to somebody that enters that giveaway. Um, we can also work with you to choose a design. Once again, if you subscribe, comment, and like one of our YouTube videos, um you can enter yourself into the apostles attic t-shirt giveaway. My name is Austin. You can find me here on Faithful Dialogues as well as my side channel um mhty uh official. Um I'm going to be doing some video game stuff with some Christ centered uh messages and topics as well on that channel. And I'm still trying to get that going. There's a lot of life stuff going on with me right now and um I think I'm going to be starting a new career uh, pretty soon as like like a mechanic kind of deal where I'm working on machines and stuff like that. Um, and so I'm really excited to get started with that. It, it, life has been kind of uh, just rocky the last couple uh, months, and I think the Lord is finally uh, getting me through that trial and opening up a door for me. And um, yeah, and I'm here with my buddy Ryan. Yeah,
1: and I just wanted to say real quick before I introduce myself that... Uh If you have anything to text us about stuff that's going on in your life, uh, we also uh, accept prayer requests from you guys, and uh, we'll either keep them private, or if you want us to share an anonymous message or something and have everybody pray for you, we'd be happy to do that as well, whatever you're comfortable with. So that's another good thing to text us or comment or however you want to reach out. So, But uh, yeah, my name's Ryan, and uh, I've got a a channel called As It Is Written. You can find all my stuff at AIIW.org. It's been really popping off recently, having a lot of fun playing with some uh, AI and ChatGPT stuff, uh, so you can come on over there and, and check that out, and uh, yeah, so hopefully uh, we're going to be playing with ChatGPT a little bit later on in this episode, hopefully, and I hope that you enjoy that.
0: Yeah, all right, and so we are going to go ahead and get into the gospel message. Um, I wrote something out for a friend, and... It didn't seem to go too well. Um, not everybody is receptive of the gospel, so uh, it, it happens. And so, I wanted to share with you guys uh, the the gospel, which is the good news of the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. And kind of, I, I wrote something out, so I kind of wanted to try it on this podcast this morning. All right, so here it goes. Uh, God created everything and everyone, and the devil deceived mankind into sin and effectively rebellion against God. Hell was reserved for the devil and his defectors, which are demons, formerly angels, and unfortunately, because the devil knows this, he seeks to take as many souls with him on his way out. Um, I'm sure you've heard of Jesus dying on the cross, so I kind of wanted to explain what that means. Uh, God is spirit, and he created the whole universe. But when mankind fell by eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil through deception, he decided to save all that would believe in him. So God entered his creation by laying down his glory and becoming one of us. When God did this, he was born as the Chosen One, the Messiah in Hebrew or the Christ in Greek. God said he would send a suffering Savior to redeem us from our sin, which ended up being him in human form. So Jesus Christ is God in the flesh or incarnate. Um, God performed a miracle by placing himself in a virgin who was Mary. He lived the perfect life without sin and willingly laid his life down as a sacrifice for all mankind, for all that would believe in him. And it is written in John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten Son, that whoever should believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And this means that if you repent of your sin, turn away from it, and put your faith in Jesus Christ, that God will let you enter his heavenly kingdom, and essentially your soul exists eternally forever and ever, and your life and decisions here determines where that eternal soul spends its eternity, either in the presence of God, which is heaven, for those who want and believe in him, or the absence of God, which is hell, for those who do not want him and put their faith in anything else. So again, to sum up everything I've said, if you turn from your sin and repent and put your faith in Jesus Christ, you will go to heaven and exist there for all of eternity. And that is my gospel message. Um, Ryan, any critiques on that?
1: I think it was great. Uh, you know, you, everything can always be just a little bit better. I don't I don't have anything specific. I think that you uh, you were saying the truth, and it came from a, a place of really wanting to reach out to this person. And, you know, it's sad that they didn't uh, react the way you would hope uh, right now. But the real goal from what we're doing is to plant seeds and to hopefully somebody else comes by and, and actually reaches them with the gospel truth, and they're more willing to hear it because they've seen it so many times in the past right and
0: so basically i'm not going to like like dox this person or anything <laughs> but i was playing a video game and got a random invite from somebody who was looking to play cuz there was a way to like invite random people and we played a couple games he was really cool he was from um i think norway or something like that and he had a really cool accent cuz he's from norway and um we we were getting along we were playing some good games and um god had put it on my heart several different times to like speak to this person and I ignored it for uh, a couple, um, a, like a couple days, maybe even a week or two. And um, I was talking to my wife, and it, it was put on my heart again in that moment to speak to this person. And I was kind of in a mood, so I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna message this person. And um, on his profile picture, it, it was his face, and he f- like cartooned himself and put devil horns coming out of his forehead. And um, I had that was one of the reasons why I wanted to like um, speak to this person because um, mm. a lot of people embrace like either the devil or demons or the occult without even realizing the implications. And um, and then on Discord it kind of lets you know um, uh, like when they're listening to Spotify and what they're listening to. And so I when when I clicked this uh, his name to message him, he was listening to like a song um by an artist i don't even want to prop up but the name of the song was demons and so i was like oh this is interesting like i'm I'm trying to talk to somebody about christ he has devil horns on his profile picture and he's listening to a song called demons and so either either he's embracing that side or he's just uh just following the culture which is embracing that side and he doesn't mm-hmm. even know what's going on you know so i felt it on my heart to, to to talk to this person and without replying to i so i sent this message right um, everything I sent in the gospel message, and without even replying to me within like a minute or two, um, he just completely blocked me on Discord. And it, I was like, I was kind of like, Meh. I wish he would have uh, messaged me and been like, you know what? That's thank you for sending this. You know, I, I I personally don't believe in this. You know what I mean? But I appreciate you reaching out, man. Like that would have been like my uh, uh, what I would hope that he would have done, but he didn't say anything to me and just blocked me. And so that that happens, you know. Yeah, but he he can't claim to be ignorant anymore. He had the the gospel preached to him. And that was the whole point. Maybe at some point in his life, like you said, somebody comes along and says it again, or a couple of different people say it again to the point where he's like, you know what? I've heard this from a lot of different people. Even a random guy on the internet randomly messaged me. So maybe I should look into this. And So I hope that, like you said, plants the seeds and um, it gets rolling in his heart. And so I just, you know, right now pray in Jesus' name that he would work in his heart and in his mind to give him a hunger and a thirst for the things of, of Jesus and his word and, mm-hmm. um, that it ultimately results in him being saved and that we can be in heaven with him for all of eternity, or he can, you know, be a child of God with us, you know? Amen. Yeah. And, uh,
1: you know, it sounds like he's pretty diametrically opposed to what we believe. And it, it's, it, it's really incredible the way that God and, and Jesus love can work on somebody's heart. And, uh, there was a, a story I read a couple months back about a guy who was the uh like founder of the satanic church in the United States or something, and just a massively massively opposed to the gospel and Jesus and Christianity and then you know, just the way that God works, uh somehow he came to Christ by the end of you know, by the end of his life and, and uh is is saved now and uh you know, he did a whole lot of harm, but it's it's incredible what God can do to uh repair that harm you know are you talking about the founder the guy whose initials are ac uh i don't yeah i don't know i don't remember his name at all or anything about him but he he like helped found it in the united states or something he wasn't like the person that came up with it but he uh he did something to found a chapter of something in the usa or something
0: and it's uh it yeah Probably came to the end of himself and realized that everything he did meant nothing and he was no closer to understanding anything than when he started. (laughs) Well, and I think part of it was just all the love that
1: he had been shown by Christians over the years because he, you know, there's so much hatred that he has for us or had for us. And, you know, he was more than willing to show it. uh, But I think that he just got the response of love and kindness back from Christians for so long that you,
0: you just can't keep ignoring it, you know? Yeah, I can't imagine his side of things. Like, I don't know that they really emphasize love in the satanic side of things. Oh no, I think it's no, no! All selfishness.
1: Yes, it's it's pure hedonism. So, uh, for, I, I can't speak for all Satanists. There's probably groups of them that are actually trying to worship the devil, but my understanding is most of them are are just using it as a. Uh, it's it's like they're mocking Christianity by making satanism a thing if that makes sense Oh, yeah. so they, they don't actually have any religious beliefs they don't actually believe in the devil and worship him as like a god they they just are using it to mock us which i understand yeah
0: basically so. that that's another reason why we we're on this faithful dialogues online ministry to uh speaking mm-hmm. to you guys because yep. Jesus essentially says if you're not with me you're against me. So if you're not if your faith isn't in Jesus Christ, then you're already in the devil's camp and even if you claim to be a good person, even if you do good deeds, none of that matters. It's it's your faith in Jesus Christ. You could if you didn't have uh, Jesus Christ and your faith is not in Jesus Christ and you donated $1,000 a month to some orphanage or something and you were helping out at a soup kitchen and you were washing people's feet and you were doing this left and right and like you were always trying to do these good deeds, none of that matters if your faith isn't in Jesus Christ. That, that is what separates people from heaven and what separates people from hell is essentially you believing that um, in, the, in the one that he sent and that's what we're actually going to get into in the, in, the, in the John reading today. I believe. I think that's in that chapter. Basically, putting faith in the one that God sent, um, which ends up being Jesus Christ. If your faith is in the one God sent, then that's what makes you a child of God, and then He accepts you. And yeah, it's really, Amen. it's really interesting. Yep. And and then um, you sent me that video. Um, we we should probably watch that one too. Yeah. Um, sorry, I didn't do
1: my half of it just because you were doing the the different gospel message. I just realized oh, I was looking yeah, at the stream yeah, yeah. blocks. So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, obviously, love the gospel. If you're not a Christian, please turn to Jesus Christ. But once you are a Christian, there's a lot of responsibilities that we have that aren't talked about as much in the, <clears throat> in the church these days. And so what uh, Revelation 1.6 and a couple other places in the Bible teach us is that we are now kings, and we're, but uh, more importantly for what I'm talking about right now, we're priests of God and so as a priest we are commanded to go out and to minister to our community and so that's what uh, Austin and I are here doing today and we hope that if you're a christian you come join us and and watch our stuff and share our videos uh take a bunch of clips of it and share that around that's uh that's a good way that you can help us out and help spread the gospel message there and so yeah we just really want everybody to get involved in their faith and to take it very seriously and to Go and spread Jesus Christ to all the nations like we've been commanded.
0: Yeah, and then we are also preparing. Now, um, I don't think, prophetically, I don't think there's anything in, in the way between um, now and Jesus coming back. And so one of the things that has been exciting me is the return of Jesus Christ, where he does come back. first time he came back in humility, the next time he's coming back... Um, basically to judge and mm-hmm. to take out, all the, take out all the enemies of God. And so when he does come back, he's going to be king of the earth, and he's going to rule and reign for an entire millennium, which is, I think, a thousand years. Mm-hmm. And um, we are waiting for what is called the fullness of the Gentiles. So there are two different types of people when it comes to the faith. There are the Jews, God's chosen people, and then there are the Gentiles, everybody else who's not a Jew, right? And so we are waiting for what's called the fullness of the Gentiles, which essentially means everybody, because God has foreknowledge of everybody that is going to come to faith because he is outside of time. And so what he is doing is he is waiting for the very last Gentile to come to faith, and then he, I believe he's going to return after that. Is, is that pretty much what's going to happen right there? Yeah, you're, you're like 99% there.
1: Um, there, is some, uh, there. There is some discussion over whether or not there will be uh, tribulation saints. And so what that means are people that get saved during the tribulation. And so we believe in a pre millennial uh, uh, rapture of the saints. So we, we think that uh, that basically Christians are going to be taken out and then the whole world's going to go to hell. And um, as part of that, uh, the fullness of the Gentiles, I believe, is specifically the, the, the full number of who will be in the church. And so, oh, again, okay. there is some discussion over whether or not there will be people that are saved during the tribulation that aren't necessarily part of the church. And so uh, that there's a, a belief system called dispensationalism, where there are different dispensations of God's will on the earth. And so... Uh, Like one of those dispensations would be Judaism and the Jews' responsibility to share and to uh, convert the whole world to uh, revering God. Um, And then there is a new dispensation with Christianity, and then another different dispensation potentially for these tribulation saints. And so there's just a lot of different theories and discussions as to what exactly will happen. But like I said, you're 99% right there. Uh, that's the only little bit I had to add.
0: Okay, no worries. Yeah, you did a really oh. good job. So, <laughs> thank you, thank you. I'm still, I'm still trying to understand everything and be, um, as up to date with the information. And um, it's nice that you are, so I can uh, be corrected <laughs> when when that stuff happens. Yeah, and unfortunately, um, I didn't even have anything to correct. It was just like that
1: one little thing. And and the other crazy thing is nobody really knows. It's not a hundred percent clear exactly how it's all going to work out, so.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, because you have the people that had faith in God before Jesus died, you have the people that had faith when Jesus died, and then you're going to have the people um, that that come to faith after the church is raptured, so there's, like, three different, and, like, it's weird, because the church is the people that were founded when Jesus ascended, right? Like, that is, and so, you've got three different kind of groups of people and um, we'd have to get into some scripture, but th- it's weird. Cause I think in like revelation, there kind of seems to be things that point to there isn't going to be anybody saved, but there is, it's like there's scriptures that pointing to that there might be people saved. And so it's, it's hard to know for sure. So uh, we do know that there will be people saved
1: during the rapture. Uh, So it does talk about a group of people called, uh, generally called the 144,000. And so those will be a group of Jews that will survive a... uh, There's going to be an event that is twice as bad as the Holocaust. So during the Holocaust, one third of all the Jews on the planet got murdered horrendously. And it was an evil act, and I'm not promoting any of this. I'm just telling you what the Bible says is going to happen, is that at the end times... There's going to be an event where two thirds of all the Jews on the planet get brutally murdered. And so uh, after that event, there will be a group of Jews, the one third that remain, uh, that will turn to Christ,
0: worship him and welcome him into Jerusalem as their savior. Okay, and so what's going? Is that are those, are these Jews being uh, murdered in the tribulation period? Yes, this is ha- this this will be ha- this is what will happen after the rise of the
1: Antichrist and everything that goes along with that.
0: Yeah, and looking at everything that's going on in Israel, um, uh, it says that the Antichrist was going to be a, a, a peacemaker that temporarily uh, makes peace with um, everything going on in Jerusalem that he's going to allow for sacrifices again and all that kind of stuff. So. Mm-hmm. we could be really close to that and um yeah so yeah w- with
1: with everything going on in israel what i'm looking for mostly is a headline that says that the the israel the, that the israelis retake the temple mount i think ultimately that might not be what happens this time around but that's their goal and that's what the bible talks about prophetically happening that they get that temple mount back and that they're allowed to build their uh rebuild their third temple on it once again
0: is it is it is it pretty much destroyed and it's just a it's just like the mount at this point so currently it
1: is the al Aqsa mosque and the dome of the rock i believe those are two different things there's two different structures on the uh, on that temple mount uh that are both islamic and uh as far as the jews are concerned very
0: blasphemous that that's what's there instead of their temple. Yeah, that would make sense. Cause um, on background on that temple, isn't that the the temple that Solomon built? So, uh, that one's been destroyed.
1: Then there, then they went in, into the Babylonian captivity, and then they came out of the Babylonian captivity, and they were allowed to rebuild a second temple. Uh, and then during the time of just before the time of Jesus. The temple actually got expanded. The temple mount got uh, made l- larger. And so that's where the, uh, the Western Wall or the Wailing Wall, um, that's where that comes in. That's a retaining wall that they used to then dump a bunch of dirt up on the top of the temple mount. And so uh, that was done just before Jesus' time by King Herod. And so that Is was that... the... Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Before No, you... you're good. A- ask your question.
0: I was going to say, um, so I know that during his presidency, President Trump visited a wall and, like, touched it and put, like, something in the cracks. That's what I'm talking about, yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Interesting. Yep. So that is uh, the reason why that wall is
1: uh, important is because it is the closest that the Jews are allowed to get, and, and they're allowed to also pray, uh, uh, the closest they can get, and also pray to the Holy of Holies. So uh that's basically they feel that it's the closest that they can get to God which isn't the case of course they could have Jesus in their hearts the the Jews can be saved by Jesus Christ as well as the gentiles but uh there are they are currently rebellious towards what God's will is for them and their people but eventually like i said someday they will all turn to
0: Christ all the, all that remain at, at least yeah we don't have to go to a building to to have to be in God's presence, because Mm. when Jesus died on the cross, the the veil that was above the tabernacle was split, and I think that symbolized, uh, torn in half, very thick um, tapestry that was torn in half, kind of symbolized that there's nothing separating um, people from the Holy of Holies anymore, something like that, right?
1: Yes, so the the veil was torn that kept uh, the common people out of the Holy of Holies. There was only one person once a year, after much sacrifice, that was allowed to go into the Holy of Holies, and that was the high priest, um, and that was on the day called Yom Kippur. Uh, but like like you said, the veil got torn. That's no longer separated. God kind of left that place and is now... Uh, what happened uh, to Christians uh, 50 days after Christ's death, there is a day called Pentecost. And so on that day the Holy Spirit came down the fiery tongues on people's heads. Remember, do you know know that story? So uh, on Pentecost, the Holy Spirit descends on all Christians. And that's a huge event because before that, the Holy Spirit was not in all of Israel. The Holy Spirit had only been with very few people, mainly the the king. So it talks about uh, when Saul gets made king, and then when David becomes king, they both have the spirit of the Lord descend upon them. And so at that point they were basically as far as we know the only people in the country that had the spirit of the Lord. So today you can have access to God closer than the
0: Jews would have had back in uh, ancient Israel. Yeah, that's really uh, that feels that feels really comforting to know that um we can we we just have such access to God at this point and um yeah, so if, again, people, if you, listeners, if you want God in your life, all you have to do is accept Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit will come in, and live in you. Amen. All righty, um, anything else before we get into our reading? No, I think that we're uh, right there ready for it. Let me
1: switch on over to the right screen and make sure we got that all set up, we didn't. <laughs>
0: All right for everybody if you want to grab your bibles um we are going to be reading the uh out of the ESV translation for Proverbs chapter 5 verses 1 through 6
2: Sorry just a second
0: You are fine don't worry about it I'm kind of excited to see these this AI generated bible verse that's going to be cool
2: Yeah We got got some fun stuff ahead.
0: I see that the. I'm looking at that picture. I see that it tried to put text along the floor, but it was weird. (laughs) Yeah. Uh,. Oh, man, why can't I show this?
2: What? No. It really doesn't want to see that. There we go. Okay. Oh. Now I need to go. Oh. Okay, cool. That's there. And then, oh.
1: <laughs> Sorry about this, guys. We're working it out. We're in, uh, where are we at in, it's, uh... Proverbs 5? The other one? It's, uh, the other verse? Oh, 1 through 6? Of?
0: Proverbs 5? No, 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 the, the next one. I'm getting everything set up. The, oh, the, the next one? John. The John? is going to be 6, chapter 6, uh, verses 16 through 21. Okay, cool. Thank you.
2: All right, I can close... Everything else. Okay, cool. All right. Uh, We are ready to go. Do you want me to read it?
0: Yeah, go for it.
1: Okay. Uh, It says, My son, be attentive to my wisdom. Incline your ear to my understanding that you may keep discretion and your lips may guard knowledge. For the lips of a forbidden woman drip honey, and her speech is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is bitter as wormwood. Sharp as a two-edged sword, her feet go down to death. Her steps follow the path to Sheol. She does not ponder the path of life. Her ways wander, and she does not know it.
0: All right, that was Proverbs chapter 5, verses 1 through 6. And what is this talking about here, Ryan?
2: Uh, So
1: it's, uh, sorry, we're, our screen might be black right now. So I'm a little distracted. Uh, it, it's talking about how we need to be wise and how you need to, uh, you know, make good choices and be, be aware of the choices that you make. And, um, you know, especially that is true of the women that you have in your life if you're a man. And it would be conversely true if you're a, a woman as well. Uh, it's important to uh, make sure that we make godly choices. Yeah,
0: and it says, the, for the lips of a forbidden woman. What does it mean by the forbidden woman?
1: It just means a, a woman that isn't following um, what God wants for her life and somebody that's doing a lot of uh, evil. So that, that's what I would say is a forbidden woman, someone who's going to tempt you into uh, committing sin, into lust, into sexual uh, acts before marriage. You know, that, that's the kind of person that you shouldn't have in your life and yeah so you know it, it it's not that that person couldn't be you know that that person can get saved but as a as a general rule you should be you should stay away from that person
0: uh, okay cuz when i when i was reading this it kind of seemed like um this is like a woman that's trying to seduce you and um like like you know the uh, the lips her lips drip honey and her speech is smoother than oil like mm-hmm. she's trying to like like talk you into something that you shouldn't do and then but in the end she is bitter as wormwood uh, sharp as a two-edged sword so kind of kind of like saying like and then you know her feet go down to death her steps follow the path to sheol it's kind of like saying it, um don't go go don't go down this road um because she might seem like like very good, but in the end, it's very bad. Where um, her path leads to, if you go and follow her, so yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. And and yeah, so that that's exactly right.
0: Yeah, she does not ponder the path of life, which is what you know God's plan. Um, her ways wander, and she does not know it. So yeah, that that makes sense. What what you were saying, somebody that doesn't follow the the plan that God has for her life.
2: Yep,
1: and, and you know that's what we need to do is we need to keep our path directed towards God and, and going the way that He wants us to go. Uh, this type of person that's being described is trying to get you. Uh, do you know what a siren is? The uh, the the mermaid mythology. Yes, thing? exactly. It, that, that a siren would be a type of this kind of woman. Does that make sense? Like the okay. the ultimate version of that. There are very few women that are that bad but they do exist.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. All well, right. We want to move on to John chapter six.
1: Yeah, let's do it. And, uh, I'm sorry, where are we reading from again? I got all mixed mixed up. 16 to 21. Yeah. Okay. Did you want to read this or do you want me to?
0: Um, really quick. Um, yeah. About- before just jumping down a little bit what i was saying earlier is um, um in in verse 28 and 29 um uh, people were asking god what what they um what they need to do and um you know then they said to him what 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 must we do to be doing the works of god and jesus answered them this is the work of god that you believe in him who he and him whom he has sent and so that's what i was saying earlier guys um when it Essentially, what you need to do to be saved is uh, you need to believe in the one that God sent, which is His Son Jesus Christ. And um, I was I was saying earlier, I think we're gonna get into that, but that's gonna be next time. So I just wanted to read those two verses really quick, and that's that's what God wants for you in your Mm -hmm. life is for you to believe in the one that He sent, and because that's the mission right now is to save everybody. Because God is not willing that anybody would go to hell, but that everybody would repent and come to Jesus Christ and i was paraphrasing exactly. there but um that's essentially it
1: <laughs> yeah amen that's that's so that's so totally right and a nice little preview for uh, possibly next week or a week after that
0: <laughs> yeah all right so we are going to be reading john chapter 6 verses 16 through 21 and um i'm going to go ahead and read this one um this is the account of jesus walking on the water and um so I think where we last left off, uh, Jesus fed the 5,000, and so this is going to be right after that, and so just reading the verse before it, um, perceiving that then that they were about to come and take him by force and to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself, and that was him kind of walking away from the people that tried to, that he fed, that were astonished and wanted to force him to be their king, so he withdrew um, to the mountain by himself. And then when evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started across the sea to Capernaum. Now It was now dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. The sea, began, the sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near the boat, and they were frightened. But he said to them, it is I, do not be afraid. Then they were glad to take him into the boat, and they imme- and immediately the boat was at the land to which they were going. So that's really, really interesting. Um, mm-hmm. it, it shows uh, that Christ has some interesting kind of abilities, and, you know, he can raise people from the dead, turn water into wine. And so now he's, he's showing his disciples that um, he can even walk on water. Which is really, really cool, and um what's also interesting is that as soon as that the the storm kind of cleared or as soon as they took him into the boat, they just were there at the at the spot that they were trying to be in and mm-hmm. so they were they were going through a like um you know the sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing, but as soon as he gets on the boat um they they just reached the land that they were <laughs> they were, they were rowing to that's pretty interesting
1: yeah well uh so a little bit of background not all of them but a number of the apostles were uh were fishermen so these were not uh, these were people that were very skilled and knew the waters of the Galilee very well so they were not like just some bumbling fools out on a boat these were like highly professional skilled sa- uh, sailors okay and so you know for them to have ri- you know for that to have been written down that they were then just like randomly where they were supposed to be they would have known as best anybody could know at that time exactly where they were. And so for that to have happened and them just to like fast forward and be where they're supposed to be, it, w- it was a weird event for them to have recorded it that way.
0: If that makes sense. Yeah. The, so. yeah, that, yeah. Cause they would, you know, three or four miles out, you should be in the dead center. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It uh, shouldn't be, if they're sailing from one place to another, unless they took some, like, short route or something like that, but... So I'm not sure how big the Sea
1: of Galilee is, but it's not all that big. Uh oh, Okay. So, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, it's weird having been there and having, like, a... I keep saying this, and I'll probably keep saying it, but it's so funny having an actual, like, real mental image of what the Sea of Galilee looks like and what it would have looked like to these guys, rather than the, like... I don't know if "cartoon" is the right word, but in the back before I went to Israel, the yeah, I'd have this like cartoon kind of image of what was all happening. Uh, but yeah, like from the animated series. No, not not from any specific cartoon, but it's it, I, I use "cartoon" to like say that it wasn't real. Does that oh, make sense? Okay. It wasn't, yeah. yeah. So it's a it's it's interesting. So it's not that big of a lake; you can see all the way across it. Oh, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll move on. Where, what do we got next?
0: Um, do you want to give us any kind of update on what's going on in Israel?
1: Yes. So uh, let me switch on back over. Yes. So what is going on in Israel is that there, there really isn't too much of an update. The, the number one thing that I want to stress is that there is a, a term called the fog of war. And so today, it's a little bit different than it used to be. So the fog of war used to be that it was very hard to get information out of a battlefield. And so while the battle is happening, it's difficult for generals and for kings and for all all sorts of other people to be able to uh, actually get information and make logical decisions about the battle that they're having. Well, today we have a lot of information that comes out of the uh the battlefield, but the problem we have especially as civilians is that that information is all uh it's all it, it's all jumbled in and mixed in with complete garbage. And so it's very hard to get an accurate sense of what is going on in Israel right now because there is so much propaganda, there's so much disinformation that gets put out there. And so an example of that would be a uh, couple days ago maybe a week there was a hospital that got bombed supposedly I heard and it about got, this yeah and it got reported that the whole hospital had been destroyed and that 500 people had been killed and that it was the israelis that had intentionally targeted this hospital so every single one of those was a fact uh, on the that we got from the news media immediately after this happened and every single thing that i just said was a complete lie so, number 1, there was no the, the hospital wasn't targeted. Number 2, uh the hospital didn't actually get blown up. It was the parking lot outside of the hospital that got hit. Number 3, uh it wasn't an Israeli uh missile that hit the hospital and the Israelis didn't target the hospital. It was a misfire from I don't believe it was it was from Hamas, but it was from another terrorist organization that exists in Gaza. And so what happened was They were trying to launch this rocket over into Israel, and instead of it making it all the way into Israel, it fell short, dumped its explosive payload onto this parking lot, and unfortunately and very sadly killed about 10 to 20 people. I
0: think this is all allegedly, 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 or is this uh, actually what happened?
1: What I just said at the end is what actually happened. So the first part about the Israelis targeting a hospital and killing 500 people was completely wrong the reality was it was a uh, it was a misfire from a terrorist organization in Gaza that hit a hospital parking lot in Gaza and killed between 10 and it might be as many as 50 people but not 500
0: so they comp- like was that a, that's a completely fabricated story then yes
1: it was completely fabricated and it was uh basically what happened was they they got hamas realized that there was this you know building that got kind of targeted and so they realized that they could make a whole big story about how evil the israelis are if they just you know put out complete nonsense information that uh isn't even remotely true and so they they owned the headlines for that for that whole day that whole day israel like even the commentators were, weren't saying like, oh, this wasn't an Israeli attack. They were saying, oh, this was a, they were having to uh, cover for Israel for something that they didn't even do. And so it was a, it was a PR nightmare as far as like Israel's concerned, but we need to use it as a learning, as a lesson to just not blindly believe the immediate first telling of a story that we get out of Israel or out of Gaza nobody really knows exactly what's going on there a lot of people have a lot of different pieces of information but uh yeah so that that's all i have to say is like so basically the the period of time that we're in right now is we're waiting on what israel is going to decide to go do so you might think israel's already decided what they're going to go do is is bomb a bunch of buildings that's just kind of the standard first practice that israel does they get Rockets launched at them. They're gonna missile. They're gonna use missiles to bomb the sites that they got attacked from. And so we've seen a little bit more extensive version of that happening so far. What everyone is waiting for is for Israel to actually go in with ground troops, with tanks, with drones, and start going house by house, apartment building by apartment building, and clearing out the uh, Hamas terrorists. And so that will be potentially a very bloody, a very dangerous uh, mission, and one that will draw potentially attacks from a number of different uh, enemies that surround Israel. It'll, of course, cause more attacks to happen from Hamas. It will uh, potentially, uh, potentially uh, Hezbollah, which is another terrorist organization up in uh, Lebanon to the north, that might cause them to start attacking uh, and then the worst case scenario would be if Iran starts sending over you know, missiles and starts attacking Israel as well. And so that, that's what we're concerned about right now. Uh, the United States and NATO are uh, forming up a huge naval fleet in the Mediterranean. Uh, my understanding is it's the largest uh, NATO naval fleet to ever be assembled and one of the largest uh, sh- collections of warships since World War II. And uh, yeah, so it's, it, 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 you know, it, it, there are very high tensions over there, and it take, would take very little to set off an international incident that could turn into something like a world war. And so some people might call it World War Three. So as Christians, I think we need to be praying for everybody over there, uh, I have some friends that live in Bethlehem, which is not in Gaza, thank God, but it is uh, in a territory that isn't controlled by Israel and is uh, probably currently not having water and electricity being given to them so it's a it's a real bad situation every way you look at it so
0: yeah, so what's going uh so why wouldn't they have water so uh in the in the Palestinian
1: territories, they do not make any of their own water. They do not make any of their own electricity. And so they rely on Israel to provide them with all of both of those necessary uh, things. <laughs> and so, of course, Israel's number one thing, especially with Gaza, who's literally attacking them. And just so everybody has a little bit more context, uh, the the leadership, the actual Quasi governmental leadership that exists in Gaza is Hamas. They were elected by uh, I think they were elected by like forty percent of the vote in Gaza, and currently their uh, their favorability ratings sit over fifty percent. And so, when we're talking about Hamas, we're not talking about like a terrorist organization in the United States that's hiding and uh, you know not out in the open. In Gaza, the terrorist organization is the people that you go to for food. You go to them for water when it gets shut off from Israel. Like they're the they're the basically your government is a terrorist organization. So it's it, it's it, it's a real bad situation over there. It's and it's real sad because uh, what that allows them to do because they have such high support, they'll go and they'll put military installations underneath residential buildings. And so when Israel is bombing these residential buildings, they're not doing it to kill and murder civilians. They're doing it because that's where Hamas hid all of their rockets, or that's where, you know, they put a bunch of important uh, uh, military material. So,
0: Yeah, I heard that it was one of the tactics that they used was um, hiding military installations at, like, schools and mm-hmm. hospitals and, like, yeah, just so, so that, like... If you it's kind of like um, we're going to attack you and if you attack us back, then you're attacking civilians. You're attacking you know, a hospital, a school, uh, you know, it's important things that make it like uh, it just it brings the sympathizers out for like yep. the the Hamas um, group, which is crazy. And, and so while I have an immense amount
1: of sympathy for anybody that, that's innocent in all of this. You know, it's it's tough. Hamas shouldn't exist. The whole, their whole stated purpose is to kill Jews.
0: Right. And that that's I, evil. I heard that that was in their charter. Mm-hmm. Um, was that like an old thing from no. like a long time ago? No. First off,
1: a, a long time ago was like the 80s. <laughs> so it's not like, yeah, it's not like this was their charter from 300 years ago. No, it's their charter from the 80s. The, the same guy that wrote it, I think, is still alive. Uh, they don't believe anything different now than they did then. If anything, it's probably even more hatred and even more... They'd write something even more vile.
0: So their, their, their purpose and their goal is to eradicate Israel as a nation, right? Correct, yes. Not even just as a nation. Uh, I believe
1: that they just hate all Jews in general. So th- yeah. it'll, be, it'll be presented like they're trying to retake their homeland... The, the number one thing to realize about about the the Palestinians is that before 1948, there were very few people that were living in the land that is now Israel, okay? So there were scatterings of a few hundred people here and there and some, like, nomadic tribesmen that would come in and out of Canaan. But it wasn't like there were settlements of millions and millions of people living in this land that then got displaced, and so there were some, and, and, that, and that is a tragedy, people getting displaced from the land that they've lived in for hundreds of years. Uh, so th- that is a tragedy. But what happened with Gaza and with uh, the uh, West Bank, which is Palestinian territory that isn't currently involved in this fight, what happened there is the Egyptians sent all of their poorest, all of their uh, criminals, basically anybody that Egypt didn't want to deal with, They sent them into Gaza because they have a border with Gaza. And then the Jordanians did the same thing into the West Bank. And so these people are not ethnically Palestinian. There is no Palestinian ethnicity. It it just doesn't exist to my understanding. And so... territory It's a name for like a territory. It it is a name that they are trying to use as if it is an ethnicity to, to tell you that it's their land and that they need to get it back. And so you'll see a lot of images that say you know it'll say territory controlled by Palestine before 1948 there wasn't a country of Palestine that existed before 1948 there isn't a country of Palestine that exists today and so it's this myth that people want to prop up like the isra like the isra like the israelis just came in and took over this land that had millions and millions of people in it and it's just not the case
0: interesting um
1: but it, it, you know, once you know those facts, you understand, oh, that's why Egypt's not taking all these people back. That's why Jordan isn't taking all of these refugees in. It's because, A, they want them there in order to cause the problem. So Egypt and Jordan both don't want Israel to exist. And so they'll maintain those those populations of those people there. And it's also why they won't take them out as refugees now that there is a real need. There really is a need for those people in Gaza to move out of Gaza and into some kind of a refugee camp in the Sinai Peninsula. You could easily set one up over there, and they'd be completely safe. But Egypt wants nothing to do with taking in their own refugees. Is the Sinai
0: Peninsula in Egypt?
1: Yeah. So the Sinai Peninsula is it's it's right across. It's
0: it's bordering Gaza. Uh,
2: Let
1: me mm. see.
0: Yeah, that I was wondering why they don't just uh you know, if they're if they're like Egyptians basically, why don't they just let them back in and the same thing with Jordanians. Ex- yeah. Uh and, and that's why
2: Uh let me see. So here is uh, and what you'll find is that there's
1: a lot of images like this. Uh so there's a lot of disinformation out there. And what I mean by that is, so I'm pulling up, uh, can you see this image, Austin? Yes. Okay. So you see how on the top left it says loss of
0: land? Hold on, the stream on Discord just paused. Oh. Uh, is there anything I need to do? Uh, I'm not sure. It happens from, from time to time.
2: Let's see if we can get it back up. Is that it yeah i see that now okay so it says in the top left it says
1: loss of land and it's got this palestinian flag over here and then an israeli flag so it, it's a complete lie okay to say that palestine had any land at all there wasn't a country here so this yellow part is was just
0: saying it was completely palestine at first <laughs> yes
1: but and And that's a lie because it was just empty. It was the land of Canaan. Like, it wouldn't have been uh, on a map as the country of Palestine because that doesn't exist. And so then in 1946, we see that those green parts are Jewish settlements that start to appear in the land. And then uh, 1947, the UN has a plan to uh, partition the different uh, settlements and stuff. But then what we actually see is in 1948, Israel is formed. And it has basically the same kind of shape that it does uh, even today. And so uh, Gaza is that part that's in the bottom left, that little yellow bit. And so uh, that gray bit to the bottom left of our screen, uh, to the bottom left of Israel, is Egypt. And so uh, you can see back in 1947, the original plan was for Gaza to be this whole big L shape right there. But they rejected that because it's, they they wouldn't ad, the Arabs do not want to admit that Israel exists as a country, and so they refused that plan. And then ultimately, Israel got formed in 1948 with that border. And then you'll see that because of the wars and because of the bombings and the attacks that the Arabs have done against Israel, they keep taking back more and more land. And so originally. Uh, Israel didn't have control of Jerusalem, but because of the uh, Six Day War, I believe in 1967, that allowed them to retake Jerusalem. And then today, we ha- we see that because of continued bombings and continued problems, the Israel uh, the Israelis have taken even more land from uh, from them and and taken that over. So, my belief as as a Christian is that ultimately God has given the the Israelites this land. And so I don't necessarily agree with the ways in which that they take it back. And I don't want them to commit, you know, horrible atrocities or do anything, you know, like that. But I do support Israel's right to control the land that
0: God gave them, if that makes sense. Yeah, what's really weird is that there's so much land everywhere else and people are trying to take what Israel has from them. That's what's crazy to me. Like, yeah when you look at they're they're completely surrounded by all these arab nations and everybody just wants to come into where they live and take their and take their land and they and their whole claim to fame about it is that like oh back we were living here before you or this and stuff like that and well like, and, and and what's crazy is
1: in the yellow land before 1917 they could have been in there you know living it up with giant cities and giant populations but the problem is that because this land is promised to the israelites the only people who can prosper there are the Israelites. And so this land was basically empty and barren. It, it, the, they, the Arabs could not use it. <laughs> they couldn't get it to work for them. But now Israel's there. They have... Uh, they actually are... Uh, they're one of the largest exporters of fruit in the world now. Oh, so wow. They went from... And this is a land that has horrible water problems. But because the Israelis... Have been given this land by God. They are, you know, I believe that God has kind of empowered them and, and gives them, uh, you know, the ability to, um, to prosper in this land. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, they're uh, they're being blessed in the land. That's mm-hmm.
1: Crazy. So they're a huge exporter of, of agricultural goods. They've uh, started up a, a pretty a pretty awesome uh, tech industry. Uh, so do you know the? map app called Waze, W-A-Z-E.
0: Yeah, I've heard of it.
1: Uh, That actually came out of Israel. So that was an Israeli company. Or it is an Israeli company. I'm not sure if they're still operating or not. But, uh,
0: yeah. So, I mean... I know people still use that app.
1: So there's a huge... uh, There's a... uh, the, the, The Israelites are very much prospering in the land of Israel today. And the Arabs had thousands of years to try to do something there, and they couldn't do anything. So yeah okay what do we got next
0: interesting let's go ahead and move on into the clips that we've got okay so get the watch together going
2: thank you give me seconds there we go I gotta put ah there we go okay we're good all right uh, so just a little
1: bit of explanation uh, on our screen here. We can uh, everybody else can see that there's a few extra windows down at the bottom besides just me and Austin. Uh, so over on the left there, you'll see my screen with chat GPT up. And uh, hopefully later on, we'll be able to,
0: to talk to that. All right. So if I I'm not seeing I'm seeing the the um the the bible
1: yeah yeah i'm uh, what i'm talking about is on obs i have the watch together there's a screen for discord watch together with the video that we're showing up in the top and then we have us down in the bottom row of uh videos so that's just what everybody else is seeing
0: okay cuz I'm about to play the watch together and yeah. I don't think I'm I'm not seeing myself or and you at this point right now. Uh we can we can fix that. It's it's running a but lot the, of stuff. But the audience is? Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. We, um can you see the order? Uh all I see is uh no. Just start right, playing. it. The... You're good.
3: If you accept everything a preacher um, says,
0: are you ready? Yeah, yeah. All right, in three, two, one.
3: Everything a preacher says, you might be accepting stuff that isn't right unless you're checking the Bible. So those in Berea were more noble than those in Thessalonica because those in Berea, they were searching daily the scriptures to see if these things were true. It's a good quality to be somebody who says, I'm going to search out what Pastor Bob says or any other preacher, what this book says. Good. Jesus commended the Pharisees, you search the scriptures. For in them, you think you have eternal life it is the scriptures that bear witness of me but you are unwilling to come to me that I may give you eternal life this I testify of you he said you don't have the love of God in you Bible study can become an end in itself being excited about the Bible is good but it's not enough you don't want to be a hearer who deludes themselves and say I love listening to the word I like to listen to Christian radio all day long I'm really growing in the Lord I'm learning all kinds of stuff well that's great but what are you doing with it
0: All right.
1: But yeah. So uh, what uh, I just want to say something about that video real quick. Uh, I was uh, I was a little sick this Sunday, so I didn't want to go into church and and get everybody else sick. So I was watching from home. And uh, Hit you too, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yep. And uh, so what I uh, what I did was I was watching it at home, and I heard that, and I was like, oh, that's a perfect little minute chunk. And so I paused the the video. And I went and uh, I was able to grab the, the feed and uh, get that little minute and cut that out and put that up while I was watching it. But what I, what I want to say is, you know, everybody who goes to church, most of them, their, their church is going to live stream that service. And so what I do uh, on a pretty regular basis is I'll take notes as to what time something happens in the service that I think might be an interesting video and I'll go home later, download it, and then try to cut that portion out of the video and put that up on my own channel. And I would really love to start seeing more people do this. Like I said, most churches these days are live streaming their services. And so there's just hours and hours and hours of content that we can go through and pick out the best to one minute, couple minutes of that that message and put it up as a short or put it up as a YouTube video for a lot more people to see and get impacted by. And so there's just a huge missed opportunity in the church today for groups of people to be doing this. Ultimately, I would really like to start seeing like whole ministries pop up of people who are working toward cutting up these videos and putting them out on the on like either the church's YouTube or on their own personal YouTubes, and starting to build communities of people online that are directly tied to a church. Uh, for, for me, one of the issues that I have is that there's a lot of really great Bible teachers that are online, but they're not, be, they're not directly connected to a church that you know about, that you can go and look up what they actually believe, and who's, who you know is actually checking up on them and making sure that they're teaching you sound scriptural doctrine.
0: So, like, you're saying it would be a lot better if um, you could check their faith statement from their church's website and know that they were connected to that church, so you know, like, either, like, what, their eschatology or, like, if they have different wacky beliefs or something? Exactly. And so, uh, you know, I follow Mike Winger a lot, and
1: he's mentioned a few times over the many years that he's been doing this where he goes to church, but it's not like it's on his... To my understanding, it's not like he's on his website, I can go look it up and see what, you know, his faith statement is for that church. The other thing is, I want to know that these people are going to a church on a regular basis, and that they're getting their, uh, their messages checked by the church, okay? Because it's not helpful that he goes to this church, but if the pastor of that church and nobody at that church ever watches any of his YouTube content, then I don't know that they're, that they're checking what he's saying. You know what I mean? He could be saying something totally blasphemous for all that church is he knows. himself a pastor? So Mike Winger is. I'm just using him as an example because I know he wouldn't mind. I'm not saying anything bad about anyone specifically. And I haven't seen anything bad from anyone specifically that I'm commenting about, but I'm sure it exists. I'm sure that there are, uh. there are YouTubers out there that are putting out horrible garbage messages that are purporting to be Christian, but they're not. And so I just, I want I want each and every person's church to be a place that is, that is a place you can turn to for scriptural messages. So like that team that I was talking about of people cutting up videos, they should be uh, cutting up those videos with the intent that the rest of the congregation is sharing them with their friends and their family and using them as a tool for evangelism. And so... We have a completely wrong view of what church is. Church is not a place for sinners who are unsaved and not Christians to go and get saved. That is the complete wrong use of your Sunday time at church. If that's what your pastor is doing, is trying to save the the lost in his church service, he is doing you a massive, ma- he is failing you very massively, he absolutely Why failing you, because it's your job as a priest. To go out into your community and to make disciples to create more Christians, to then bring Christians to church to get trained up as priests to go back out into the community and make more Christians. And so we have this idea. It comes I believe it comes from Catholicism. So in, in Roman Catholicism, there is a very clear differentiation between your the people that are in charge of the church and the people that are just sitting there in the pews. And so the people that are in charge of the church are called the uh, uh, you know that's the, the that's uh, the like priests they're called priests you know and there's a whole order of them there's priests there's bishops there's cardinals and then the pope and then there's you sitting in the pew and you would be what's called a layman or the laity and so it, it, there is that separation in the Roman Catholic Church that I think came into the Protestant Church from those traditions. And then the problem is, what that means is if there's that separation, then I can just bring unsaved people to church, and it's the job of the, the clerics of the priesthood to then minister to them and turn them into Christians. And it's just the complete backwards way
0: that you're supposed to do church. So it's like higher education for people that already believe in Christ? That's what church should be. Church
1: should be a place where you go and you grow in your faith. It should not be a place where you go to get your faith. The people that are going to church should be people that already have faith. Now, I'm not saying we should block people necessarily. There are people that believe that. But uh, personally, I I would not first thing go and invite people to church. That is not the first way that I would try to do outreach.
2: Hmm.
0: How did you... How did you develop this uh, view or opinion? Uh, like, be-
1: because what you see in a lot of churches, and, and especially the, ones, the one that I used to go to, what you see is that the church dies because the people aren't involved. The, the, the people think that, oh, it's the pastor's job to do evangelism. It's the pastor's job to go out and, and win souls. But the, the reality is that it's every single Christian's job. We are all priests, every single one of us. And that's why I emphasize it so much. Every single person is a, is a priest. And so it's your job to go out and make disciples. Once you've made the disciple, then you bring them into church to get training. Does that make sense? So like yeah. what Christian did with you is he didn't just immediately, Hey man, come on into church. I don't know what the gospel is, but I want you to hear it. So you got to come to church with me. No, he said, look, this is the gospel. Here's what you need to believe to be a Christian. And I believe you had accepted Christ into your heart before he took you to church, didn't he?
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, I didn't go to church until um, I had already accepted Christ and was asking tons of questions. And he was like, we need to find you a church. <laughs> exa- and, and,
1: and I believe that is exactly the way that it should be done. Because if I were to bring you into church before you're saved, then you might get all your questions answered and not actually ever make that, that belief does that make sense? I, I, I'm not explaining it very well, but ba- basically, if you have a bunch of unsaved people in church, those unsaved people are corrupting the rest of the congregation, not the other way around. Okay. And so, because the pastor at the front of the service that's giving the message should be giving the message to people who he's training up to go spread to go spread the gospel. He shouldn't be having to present the gospel to new believers like they've never heard it okay that makes sense so that that we just have a completely backwards view of what church is in this country for a lot of factors but i believe it boils down to that separation between laity and priesthood and the reality is that god tells us that we're all priests uh in christianity
0: yeah i believe that was revelation what was it six: one or something like that? Uh,
1: it's Revelation 1 six. there's another <laughs> uh, there's another mention of it in Revelation uh, Chapter five, I believe, and another mention of it in either first or Second Peter. Uh, we can actually ask ChatGPT later. We'll have, uh, we'll have that give us all the references. <laughs> uh, okay. Do we want to watch uh, So that was a little bit about that video. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I just I'm really passionate about going out and creating, creating disciples and then bringing them into church, not the other way around. Okay. Um, Okay. So that's what, like I said, that's what I want to see are groups of Christians at churches that are, are doing online ministries. I would love to see that. And I'm going to work towards starting one at my church. So
0: I'd be really interested in, in, uh, in seeing that man. That'd be, that would be really cool. Yeah. I think I'm going to reach out to Joe about that and, the
1: next couple of days, so be praying for me, everybody. All right. Yeah. Um. Now a little bit about this next video. Uh, so we're going to do one more today, and it's uh, titled "AI Illustrated Bible Verse Revelation 4: 10 through 11." So I have access to a the paid version of Chat GPT. They recently upgraded to Chat GPT 4.0, and now it has doll E 3 integration. And so that's all a bunch of complicated words to say that there is a, a chat bot that can talk to you in kind of an almost human way, and uh, it can also then make you images that you request of it. And so this video is me asking the AI to make an image based off of the Bible verse revelation four ten 10 through 11, and so we can see that process here whenever you want to get started. Alrighty,
0: 3, 2, one. One second. Yeah, yeah, That just started attack. happening. Hit- like, nope. ads on the watch party. You're they good, you're good. It. <laughs> uh,
1: to be honest, I was really happy it was that ad. So that was an ad for a uh, uh, YouTube channel I'll do an ad for it right now <laughs> called One for Israel. Uh, again, that's One for Israel. I'd go check them out. They do a lot of really great work. Uh, they're trying to spread the gospel message in Israel, which is actually very difficult. So it's illegal for you to go and witness to a a child or a youth uh, in Israel, uh, actually a Jewish youth specifically. And so it's very hard to do uh, gospel uh, preaching just out in the open air in Israel. And so they've decided that they're going to do an online ministry. And one of the things that they do is they collect testimonies from uh, Jews and from Arabs that have turned to Christ. And so I highly recommend going and checking out some of those testimonies. You know, some of them will bring you to tears. It's just, it's incredible the work that God's doing over there to bring his own uh, back into the fold.
0: That sounds really cool. Uh, Oneforisrael.com or
1: something? Uh, So you can go find them. I'm not sure if they have a .com, but you can find them One for Israel on uh, YouTube. I'm sure that they do. I just don't know if it's One for Israel.
0: It's oneforisrael.org. Okay,
1: that makes sense. Sweet. So yeah, go check them out, oneforisrael.org. That was when I got a lot more serious about my faith. That was one of the uh, first things that I found, and it was a huge blessing to get to see all those testimonies of Jews that are are coming to Christ. It was also really interesting to see the damage that uh, Christians or I would say Christian-adjacent groups have done so for most Jews, even in the United States, when you say Christian, they think of Catholic or like the Pope. And so that boils down to a lot of uh, animosity that ha- that's boiled up between those two groups. Uh, and so, you know, there's a lot of damage that we as, as Bible-believing Christians have to overcome that have been done by other people in the name of Christ. And so it's, it's just... another reason why we need to be very careful with the way that we present ourselves and the way that we do things so that we don't further those kind of animosities. Yeah. Uh, And, and just to be a little bit more specific, one of the, a few of the testimonies will talk about how they grew up in New York and when they were at school, the Catholic kids always came up and beat them up or stole their lunch money or whatever. Um, And they would do it kind of because he was a Jew, you know, because these people were Jews. And so, you know, because they're different, not necessarily because of the religion, but because they're different, they're not following the same kind of things that the rest of everybody else does. And so that's happened, you know, at elementary schools in New York, in like New York City. But that also happens, you know, at a country level in places over in Europe. You know, there, there were whole places that were Jewish ghettos because they weren't allowed to exist in normal society because they were thought of as other... And as, you know, unsaved and non-believers and that kind of stuff.
0: Wow. That's and then here they are, uh saved. Yep. (laughs) Yep.
1: They came to Christ because uh he's the way, the truth, and the life, right? So But yeah, uh back to the, the AI art stuff. I've just been I've been having a lot of fun playing around with AI art. Uh it I think it's a huge tool that we can use for a lot of different things. Uh, Number one, just from a secular point of view, I believe AI is how all education will be done going forward. Uh, If you just look at the way that it works and the way that you can interact with it, it can be the best teacher slash tutor instructor that you've ever had. If you ask it the right questions, if it's trained the right way, and and a number of other things
0: that could very easily happen, occur. Okay. Okay. Uh, that, so yeah, that, that sounds interesting. I um, I'm a little skeptical, but
1: I'm interested. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we should all be skeptical, and I would never just. Uh, so I'm not ever saying that like we should be out spreading the gospel hundred percent with AI, but you know what we can do to to help us in our to create like uh, sermons. I think there's a use where it could be used to help do research. Uh, it's a very, it's an incredible research tool because you can just ask it any question that you want and it will give you an answer that most of the time is relatively correct. So, you know, it, it'll just keep getting better and better. Uh, I think. Yeah. That you'll, yeah.
0: I was just going to say, I liked the, the AI model that you had that was talking about the Bible. It was really accurate.
1: Yeah. And so that's not even, there wasn't even anything special about that AI model uh it the only uh, so they've upgraded uh chat gpt and now you can give it like instructions that it will always take into account so the only instruction that i gave it is that it uses the nkjv version of the bible okay oh. sorry
2: about that but uh
1: yeah so that's the only instruction i've given it and it still does You know, incredible gospel messages, and it's completely accurate. So, so far. Not completely accurate so far. I don't want to say it's 100% accurate always. So, yeah, do we want to get into that? I'm going to try to set that up here, if you
0: want. I have a little bit of time left, but yeah, let's do it.
1: Yeah, I think we've got a couple minutes, right?
2: So, let me get that set up. Okay, so... Of course now it's deciding to not connect. Uh, okay. Give me a second. Can you can you just talk for a sec?
0: Uh <laughs> I don't know what to say, but uh I can go over a couple of things once again. All right, so again everybody if you're hearing on our podcast Um, services we are live on youtube facebook twitch kick and x pretty interesting that um, the name was changed to x but um yeah so that's where we are live and in the webcam we've talked about a lot today um we brought up israel and some different interpretations of um or our interpretations of proverbs and john And so if you have any disagreements, um, we have a text line for you at 833-262-6431. And um, we'd love to hear your feedback. We'd love to hear anything you want to say. And um, if you have anything going on in your life or stuff that you'd like for us to pray about, um, we could even do it here uh, on on stream and um, pray for whatever you got going for you. And so I... um, would would love it if uh if you're hearing this and you have something going on in your life that you'd want prayer for but we could also keep it anonymous or um even just uh if you don't want your business on the on the stream that's totally fine too just uh you know give us that note um if you like what we do here on faithful dialogues um Ryan I was thinking about making a faithful dialogues shirt uh, okay. as as part of like the apostles attic uh stuff too so that'd be pretty interesting that sounds awesome and, yeah and um once again guys um the the reason why we're even here on the internet um making these podcasts and making these videos and shorts is uh we we truly just want to see people come to Christ um we know that without Christ uh, uh base, to to put it bluntly if your faith isn't in Jesus you're going to end up in hell And so, there's a free pardon uh, extended to you and everybody else who hears this, that if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, that you would become a child of God and that you would exist eternally with the Father and the Son in heaven. And so, he, he um, he has lived the perfect life and laid his life down as a sacrifice and And so all we have to do is believe in the one that God sent, which was Jesus Christ. And, um, yeah, so that's, again, why we do this. Um, Once I came to faith, I realized, oh, sick, I'm going to heaven. Wait, what about everybody else? And so it it kind of, God immediately put it on my heart that, like, um, me being saved isn't the end, like, you don't you don't just get saved and then do nothing until you die and then you're like oh, what's up god i'm here i mean that is what happens you when you die you you get to be with him again but there's a lot of work to do and um there's a lot of people that need to hear his gospel and hear the message and so we want to spread that as effectively as possible and even to people that wouldn't otherwise hear it and so that's why we do the the youtube ministry and Reach out to people as, as best we can because people are going are gonna to see this content. And even if, even if through hours and hours and, you know, hundreds of episodes of Faithful Dialogues, if, if a single person comes to Christ because they heard our message, then that would have made it all worth it. And so yep. one soul in heaven is worth it. <laughs> Definitely. And uh,
1: unfortunately, it's just not working. We'll have to do it at the beginning of the stream next time. Uh, cause it was working time before out? we got started. I, I don't know. I think the internet, it might be that we, I can't just, I just can't do it because of, uh, the internet situation. Uh, but we'll see. No worries. Yeah. So sorry. We weren't able to make that happen guys, but uh, I
0: think that we're, we're about out of time, huh? Yeah. I gotta get some stuff going before work and, um, yeah, this no shouldn't problem. be a problem in the future. My, my schedule seems like it's about to change. Um, so yeah, yeah i'm really excited to start my uh career as a as like a mechanic and yeah i'm really interested man yeah I
1: congratulations that on that so uh i'll i'll be praying for you about that and uh hopefully everybody else's as well so just uh keep your eye out we'll uh we'll try to let everybody know you know when we're going to be streaming and we'll uh probably be switching up to a new day here in the next couple of weeks uh if that happens and if he's successful with his job so uh just keep your eyes out. We'll 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 keep trying to do one every week. I know we weren't able to make one happen last week, just with everything uh, getting sick and all that. We so, both got sick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, all right, everybody. I hope that you have a wonderful day and a great week. Uh, is there anything else we need to do before we ha- sign off? Um. Nope. Just put your faith in Jesus Christ. <laughs> Amen. Absolutely. All right, everybody. God bless, and goodbye.
0: Goodbye everybody. God oh you bless know what? you.
1: I'm sorry they can't see you. Let me get you up on the screen real quick. All right. there we go. God bless. goodbye. God bless everybody. <laughs> goodbye.
0: have a good day.